and welcome to another episode of the Engaged Podcast. I'm Jamie. I'm Simon. And today we are finally doing our Boldly Blessed Bajorans Part 2. Um, and in this one we're going to be focusing on specifically uh, about the government and the religious side of the species. Yes, um, Jamie should be saying new notes. So completely new notes to what we've been using for the last two odd episodes. So... You won't yeah. hear the same drivel that you've heard for yes, the last um, two hours that you heard in the last few. These are new notes. These are the <laughs> other sets that were... What I start a few weeks ago, I think it was about a week ago, I started calling them batches. So we've yeah. been using batch one for the past two shows. We're now moving on to batch two. Depending on how far this goes, it will either be one episode or two. But I have an inkling it's going to be one, but who knows? And then we're going on to our next huge long species episode because why not? I think I think maybe in between we might have a like a, a gap like we will pick we might have another species episode that we could possibly do in one maybe two something a bit lighter I think but yeah that's kind of our plan isn't it I think going forward with these these episode types. Um, oh, so- and that's the other thing we weren't planning so neither of us has really read these notes though. So have fun. Yes, thank you. For, I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> so, like you guys, we're winging it because that's what we do best. <laughs> well, um, let's uh, let's start where we start best. One of the introductions for let's, let's start from the top and just work our way down. Between maybe the Jordan Republic, maybe I don't know. Yeah, we'll go with that. We'll start with that. Yeah. Uh, the Bajoran Republic, originally known as the Bajoran Provisional Government was the government of the Bajoran people established in Bajor following the withdrawal of Kardashian occupational forces in 2369. It was succeeded by the Bajoran occupational government. Just as crap as that one, but, you know. <laughs> they were. They were both bloody useless. <laughs> the Republic as a form of government stretches back into Bajoran history as ev- evidenced by the First Republic. Something I was talking about in the last one. Uh, Bajoran Republic of the late 24th century begins with the Bajoran Provisional Government, which was formed after the end of the Kardashian occupation of, 20, uh, of 2369. I oh, know, I just read that. That's the same note! For, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> oh, no, In 2371, Shikara Eden followed... Who? Who? Calum, Calum Apren. As First Minister, and in 2375, the Bajoran Republic became one of the signatories of the Pedro. So I'm just having fun. Again, these are new notes. I'm just having fun going, who the hell is this person? I've not heard of him. Uh, they are, I do really vaguely remember the name being mentioned by Kira a couple of times. It might have been once, it might be a couple of times. Again, one um, of those off-screen characters you hear about, but you never see. That important, huh? Um, I'll read the next paragraph and you can read the one in the box. The provisional government requested that the Federation establish a presence in the Bajoran system with Terranor becoming Deep Space Nine. Kieran Norris and Quark thought that the provisional government would not last. Well, somehow they did and they were still crap by the, at the end. <laughs> um, are you finished? Yeah. So what am I reading? Taking place, is it that one? Yes, that one, yeah. Okay. Uh, taking place in the late twenty three in late late twenty three seventy one, Shakar as the last episode to use the term Bajoran Provisional Government. For the remainder of DS9, only the term Bajoran Government was used. 
the Treaty of Bajor, made for DS9's final episode, identifies their government as the Bajoran Republic, as one of the six signatories of the 20 treaty alongside uh, Federation, Klingon, Romulan, Cardassian, and the founders of the Dominion. It's, yeah, I do think that's a very interesting impact of republics. And it's the mysticism of the first two that I think is really interesting. Kind of, what were they actually like? Well, you know, what you're saying kind of about the Bajoran occupational government and the provisional government saying they're crap. It's true, but you've got to, you've got to bear in... You, put, I know you probably are, in your own thoughts, you probably are aware of this site already. Um, you know, the Cardassians, when they took over, they essentially... They were the ones in charge, and they probably... I think the way they run it was similar to their own system, wasn't it? And basically, the, the, the occupational government was basically a puppet of the Cardassians. And obviously... When, when obviously, um, the occupation ended and Bajor forced Cardassia out, well, obviously, said as we said in our, our part one, uh, sorry, in our supplemental, Bajor was in pieces. Like you know, they, they, honestly, they they were, you know, they're in serious trouble. So they had to cobble together something afterwards. And I think I think we might have said this even in our part one that. They actually, I think they used a very similar way of what the Cardassians did, because obviously with the Cardassians, it was, was it was it Obsidian, was it Sidian Order Central Command, and then it was the um, oh, the Tupper Council, wasn't it? Yeah. And I think with this, it's with the Bajorans, it was the Provisional Government, the Chamber of Ministers, and I think it was the Vedic Assembly, wasn't it, or something like that. Sounds about right. It's, yeah. yeah, it's all the other notes that we've got. Yeah, so it's like three branches of government like the Kardashians did. And obviously afterwards for the Bajorans, well, you know, I, I don't know what, I know you said, you mentioned what, 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 how did they used to run things, you know, centuries ago. Um, well, you know, after things ended, I don't know, the, the Bajorans probably wouldn't have had a blueprint. They probably wouldn't have had anything that says, this is what this used to be like, because, well, Kardashians, they probably destroyed everything. So they had to come up with something on the fly. And, you know, though it's kind of, it's kind of, you know, it's it's very kind of. Oh God! You I know, do wonder whether, prior to the occupation, whether they only had a council of ministers, uh, or something that like they had one of these, or they had two of these, and then it's kind of the yeah. came along, and then they had they had another one to it, so it became. The Bajorans needed to model their government after something they knew, and it's probably as distasteful as it, it was to them, well, the Cardassians had their own system, so they probably just thought, well, we need something. Obviously, you know, it's not the same, not going to run, it's not the same names or run, it's not going to run the same way, but the whole three different branches of government thing is what the Cardassians had, isn't it? Um, and they each influenced the other. I mean, what you were saying, I would imagine they probably, because I think even before the occupation, they said the Bajorans were deeply spiritual, I would imagine they probably would have had, um, probably would have been the Vedic, I, rec I reckon you would have had, it might have been not, I would I imagine you would have had the Vedic assembly at least, or if not that, something the equivalent equivalent of it. As, um, yeah, um, I do find it interesting, the chief executive of the Republic was known as the First Minister who was elected every six years, which I think is very interesting because we have an election every four years. Yeah. So that's a very interesting length of time. Mm. Well, um, 
carrying on from what you're saying, later on it does say the secular republic shared its, uh, uh yeah, uh, republic shared its authority with the leaders of the Bajoran religion. The Vedic assembly held much influence with predom predominant Vedics, often engaging in political matters such as negotiate, ne uh, negotiating treaties. Well, yeah, this is the thing as well. A big part of the Bajoran government is the influence the Vedic assembly had on the political side of things. Because as, as we know, as proven in Chicago, it was only brief for Kai because you know, but she became, you could become first minister and be Kai. You can hold both those titles. So a religious, a religious and political title. Um, and clearly they, I mean, and I mean, that's the thing, you know, it brings up the interesting question how much influence did one have on the other and you think about the decisions that the the government made the Bajoran government made on a daily basis concerning their people was it always political were they always guided spiritually was it a mixture of the two and how much influence did the Vedic Assembly or, or the Kai have over the, these political matters it's even more complicated because the emissary came along as well yes you think of you think of Cisco, um, and even though he he you know even though he kind of it was walking that very fine line between being a Starfleet officer upholding the Prime Directive and being the emissary of the Prophets, um, Cisco because I, I I don't think did he ever really use his influence as emissary of the Prophet on a big scale? I don't think he ever did. He, did he? He couldn't because of Prime Directive. No, but. If you think what what the influence he could have had if it if it ignored the prime directive or say there was no prime directive, just oh, arguing for sakes, you think of the amount of influence he would have had over the over the um over like political matters on Bajor or just like the Bajoran, not just the Bajorans but the Bajoran society. Well, it's the whole thing of he could have quite easily have altered the election. Yes, yes, because obviously you know Kai Wynn saw him as a threat, didn't she? Constantly saw him as a friend. He could quite easily have got rid of her. Yeah, he could, like, she, he could quite easily have got someone else elected. Yeah, and you think she, you know, she knew how popular he was with the Bajoran people. The emissary of the Prophet holds, in some way, more influence than uh, Kai does. Even though, you know. As I understand it, with him being the emissary, it was never it was never an official thing. It was never like an he didn't have like an official ceremony or anything like that, did he? But the Bajoran people, you know, there's a prophet. The prophet's thing is the prophets chose Cisco. Um, well, the, the thing is with that, Jeremy, the whole reason that happened is because the emissaries like Jesus has actually spent time with the gods, whereas the Vedic is like. Um, it's like the Pope, who, you know, is the kind of representative on Bajor, but hasn't actually met a god. So that's why. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, he's actually spoken to the prophets. Like, okay, exactly. we'll listen to him then. Exactly. That's yeah, and you know that that that's that kind of proof that Cisco would have had more influence, or the emissary, the prophets, would have had more influence than any any Vedic or even Kai. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think, you know, the whole kind of free, free um, department 
government departmental system of of Beijing. I mean, again, it's like the Kardashians. It it, it doesn't really it doesn't really work. But I think it would make sense to have at least two of them because, as you say, the Bajorans are a very deep spiritual and religious people, and religion guides them. It's it's, it's part of it's again it's, it's it's part of who they are. It's what defines them. So it makes sense that you would have something like that within their society that would help. I said it, it would make sense that it would it would help govern them it, you know do you know what i mean um i'm probably not sounding very i said my words are a bit bubbled but you would have a government like, like the council of ministers and i think you would have um the vedic assembly i mean the whole i'm not sure what exactly the third part was what the third part would be of the government because it said you had the bajoran provisional government but i mean was that ever really defined what exactly they did wouldn't they wouldn't they just be Effectively, the council of ministers. Uh, so I've, I've, I've thrown a bit of a, I've thrown a bit, of, I've thrown a bit of a, a, a spanner in the works now. I think they are the collective of all. So they're like council of ministers and Vedic assembly. I think that's what it means overall. So, so I that... think maybe I, I don't know. I I will have a look. Because mm, I'm just thinking, if that, if that is the case, what you've just said, then that would mean there's really only two branches of government. It's just they form together to become the Bajoran Provisional Government, isn't it? If I'm making any sense in what I'm saying. I don't know, I just, I need to find it. And I can <laughs> I can give you then, I'll come on computer. So I'm going to have a look as well. Um, let's check. Because... Um, I mean, I, I remember. I remember. I can't remember. If it, I think it was in the series. I think it might have been Kira just said, it's, or whoever it was. Someone said this is. It's literally just a title. This provisional government. It's literally. It's just a title. There's no meaning to it at all. It. It's just. It's just something to kind of. I think kind of reassure. Um, Bajorans after everything kind of went to went to pot. We need to put sunk in this place. Let's just have this as a name. There we go. It, it makes them probably sound more unified than they actually are. But then again, if it, it, it I don't know. It's 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 tricky. Um, well, what it says about the occupational government because we don't have those notes says the Bajoran occupational government was the Dijor government of Bajoran. Uh, Kardashian occupation. Like its successor, the Bajoran Provisional Government, it shared authority with the Vedic Assembly. However, unlike Provisional Government that was installed after occupation's end, the Occupation Government had little real power was widely veiled as a puppet of the Kardashian Union. Secretary Cubas was the liaison officer between the Occupation Government and the Kardashians, while prior Beck performed a similar function in, for the Vedic Assembly. After the end of the occupation, the Provisional Government instituted the Levian Proclamation for all collaborators, which permanently exiled all members of the Croatian government from Bajor. That, that's everything, Jamie. Well, I'm just having. I'm, I'm glad you brought that because I was, I was literally just um, looking through um, um, the Council of Minister notes, and it's saying the, there's a several names they were called, but I'll just say the Bajoran Council of Ministers. Um, was the head of the Bajoran Provisional Government. Together with the Vedic Assembly, the Chamber of Ministers decided on which con- 
of matters of which concern the whole of Bajor. So, if we're going by what you've kind of said and what I've just read out here from the Council of Ministers' notes, saying it was the head of, so surely that means it's there is no third branch of of a gov of the Bajoran government, is it? Because if you're the head of something, then that means that's at the top. You're that there in charge, right? Yeah. So really, then, so there is there is no third branch of government. It's just a name they slapped on to <laughs> to make it seem unified. So you've got the um, Chamber of Ministers or Council of Ministers, whatever name you need. Council of Ministers, they really didn't have much impact because effectively they are Bajoran occupational or provisional government. And then you've got the Venice Assembly where I think all the power is because that's yeah. got the Kai in it. Yeah, so so effectively what we're saying is there was only two branches of government then. There was never a third... Um, there was never a third. Because I, I, I don't know why, I just... I think we always kind of felt that the provisional government was a separate thing from the Council of Ministers and the Vedic Assembly. I think that's what we kind of always thought, wasn't it? But... From reading from this notes, that's that's obviously not the case. So, in some ways, they, I mean, maybe they still did model themselves after Cardassian government, but it doesn't sound like they did really. But by what we've kind of just discovered here, there might have been some influence in the way they set things up. But maybe that's the way it always was. Si. Maybe even before the occupation, maybe you always had a council of ministers. And, that's, um, that's what I was saying earlier. That's what I thought. That's what I was trying to say. It's just those two. It's council ministers and Redek Assembly. Yeah, yeah. And the provisional government is literally just a nameless. I think it's. I think it's just to make the two seem unified. I'm not sure why there would be conflict between. I, I, I think that's why. I think when you've gone through something like that, you do then try and bring everyone together. So they bring everyone together in that under that. That, under that flag, under that yeah, banner, yeah. to kind of make everyone go, oh yes, we're all together in this. We're like, look, we're all unified now. Well, before not. it was a bit like, because I, I think it's kind of before we weren't unified. With it was just these two things that were kind of coexisting together. That's what got us into this trouble. We're not going to make that same mistake now. So we're going to form the this government. So that if uh, worldwide something happens, if we get invaded again, we can actually uh, strike with one fist rather than uh, rather than two separate ones. Yeah. So effectively, they didn't really model themselves after the Cardassians, and it's not the government side of it. I mean, yes, it, maybe. It I may think be... it changed their attitude, though. That's that's the thing. Do you say, dying what we know now, you still don't think... I think that before this, they were deciding kind of seat covers. They were deciding painting walls, building walls. They were, like, deciding when to have festivals and took like that rather than kind of, oh, well, now we've got to feed people. Oh, crap, oh, now we've actually got to do something. Mm. So it's a very change-up. They've actually got to actually... You, you coming from this kind of... Green and pleasant land, and then you go into kind of because the the the, the Bajorans had never, never as far as we know from what we know of their history, had never been through something like this. So, you know, and, and kind of what we've talked about, I must admit, I kind of admire, you know, maybe maybe it didn't work as well. 
I know what you're saying earlier, it doesn't it doesn't really work, but I think it works. I think I mean having just two branches, I think it works a heck of a lot more effective than having bloody three branches of government like the Cardassians had. I mean that was just like what the hell, you know? You, you, you compartmentalize something like that, it's it's easier to it's you make things easier on yourself. Um, and it would make sense for the Bob Bajorans to have two separate forms of, I said, have have um, the Council of Ministers and, um, um, God, the Vedic Assembly. And, you know, the whole Bajoran, Bajoran visual, provisional government thing of, well, you know, we're unified. They may not have been, but I can understand their kind of way of thinking of we need to appear. I said image, image can have a big impact. Um, you know, it might not be. It might not necessarily be true. Probably, as you said, they weren't probably they weren't really unified as we know. There were divisions and that kind of stuff from what we've seen in the first couple of seasons. When you think of um, Tana Loss in um, in I think it was the second episode, um, and he was kind of oh the provisional and provisional government are oh, they 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 just they you know they they they're useless. They don't know anything. And it's like well, maybe they don't. Maybe that's true. I don't know, but. You know, image can have a powerful impact on people. Um, even if things are not as appear as they seem. Do you know where I'm coming from? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just it's very interesting. So I, I, I personally think the Bashar government maybe it wasn't the most effective way they could have done things, but I'd, I'd rather. The thing is, oh, the impression I got throughout the series is they hadn't got anything together. By the like, the only time they really got anything together was by then DS Nine, mm. where they'd finally worked out what the hell watch what each group was doing. Mm. If you go like three and four, when you got the siege and whatever it is, the circle going on, there's an awful lot of infighting. Mm. And you read these notes, so I'll quickly read what the introductions say for both and it's a bit strange because it's like it's kind of they've got control but actually the leader of the other things got overall control of everything it's all a bit weird well it's true but you've got to think of the occupation the impact that it had on them it's it, it was gonna it would take a while they they're not gonna be able to unify straight away they're facing all these new problems that they've never probably encountered before. as you said like they had to feed their people and um, you know, um, and all that kind of stuff. So I can understand it was in disarray. I, I, I get it. Uh, the Bajoran Council Ministers, also known as Border Ministers, Chamber of Ministers, or Bajoran Council, was the head of Bajoran Provisional Government. Together with the Fed Assembly, Chamber of Ministers decided on matters which concerned the whole of Bajor. The Council is located, uh, located in the Bajoran capital. And then the Vedic Assembly simply says the Vedic Assembly was the governing body of the Bajoran religion, and held great political influence as well. The government, the uh, the Assembly was led by the Kai, leading religious figure on Bajor. So it's very interesting on how it all fitted together. Um, I did actually read out that first bit with the Council of Ministers earlier on, but that's fine. <laughs> did 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 you not hear me when I read that bit out earlier? No, I've forgotten it. Don't worry, it's fine. <laughs> it's, it's not that much. It's, it's not, a few lines, it's fine. It's not like talking about a map. like. Oh, ha-ha. <laughs> no, that's quite a lengthy thing just for me to go, yeah, we've done that. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, it's fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> but, it's yeah, it's just a very... 
but that's a very Bajoran thing of just kind of, oh yeah, we got them and them. What of it? But you yeah. would always have that religious element in there. You you have to. You need you need that that side of it for it to work. So However I, I, crazy they are. Yeah, and, and maybe the government wasn't the best run as you said, side. But I I I think I'd say the way they kind of run things, like in terms of what they had, it makes more bloody sense than the Kardashians. Well, we shall see in the next few years. Huh? Season review. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's not that long away. True, because we'll be going on to DS9 once we finish to TNG, won't we? Coffee is away, but yeah. DS9, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Kyle was the religious leader of the Bajorans. You haven't read this either, have you? No, I don't think so. Uh, actually, I have. <laughs> no, I haven't really. Go on. The Kaya was the religious leader of the Jurans, electing from among and by the Vedic Assembly to the to a life term, a symbol of strength and unity to the Bajoran for centuries. The Kaya's religious authority was rivaled only by the, that of the emissary of the prophets. Besides religious power, the Kaya also had a great deal of political influence in the Bajoran government. Uh, disputes between the Kaya and the first minister of the government while Rhea could be extremely divisive, while it was not forbidden for Kai to serve as First Minister, such involvement in political matters was discouraged. The Kai was properly addressed as eminence. So I think that's interesting. I think there's also... I get the sense it's also like having a monarch as well. Yeah. Which is a little bit weird as well. It's all kind of... Just throwing everything at it, just going... Just seeing what sticks. Well, the interesting thing I found what you just read out was it said it's not forbidden, it is, it's discouraged. So, if that is the case, then there must have been something that happened previously. That kind of influence they have, um, that that kind of, that made them question the way they run things. Obviously, it's not forbidden, but they might... <laughs> oh, oh no, I'm good. I'm good. Again, these notes have been hidden away i hadn't looked at them because again we were planning to do these episodes i am good at this the position of kai at least kai wins interpretation of it can be likened to that of the pope and catholicism when actress louise fletcher herself made the analogy remarking i think therefore that when you're elected kai whatever you say is lord religious law also the kai was explicitly compared with the pope in the scripted reckoning Though the emissary was also once compared to the Pope in the script of Rapture. Also with the Kai. The Pope was elected from among the senior ranks of the clergy. And members of the both Bajoran religion and Catholicism were supposed to follow leaders' spiritual guidance. However, Wynne's brief, uh, brief term as First Minister of Bajor and her active role in Bajoran political affairs therefore after was akin to the proxy of medieval Europe. See Pope Innocent III at Wikipedia. Innocent ascended to the papery shortly before a vacancy in the rule of the Holy Roman Empire, which was headquartered in Germany. And he used opening as a chance to gain both spiritual and political control over much of what was now Italy. Any direct similarities are probably coincidental, however. Is this from the Kai notes? Yes. So, yeah, it's like. Yeah, I know these things. I also think the term Kai was likely derived by the writers from the Welsh name, which means keeper of the keys or Kai, 
the Persian title for kings in Shenand following following the reign of Kai Vegas. That's why you never get me to read names out. <laughs> Do you want to translate, Jamie? Cause I just... Um, what, what notes have you back gone back to? It's still Kai notes. It's background information. Um, hang on. Um, uh, position of Kai. Oh, you said that bit. Um, it's a bit above it. Oh, before background information, yeah. No, the term Kai. What's that? Just above that one. Uh, hang on. Uh, um. Where, where on earth is that? This is sentence. What's the set? What's the start of the sentence again, sir? The term Kai was likely. Uh, God. Safe to say, Jamie's lost it. He'll find it later and then go, oh, no, I found it. No worries, Jeremy, we'll move on. Okay, sorry, I can't find it. Uh, unlike Catholicism, uh, which can only invite men to hold the position of Pope, selection of the Kai and Bajoran clergy in general appears oh, to be general it. neutral. Also, it appeared that the Kai could be married and have children. Kaiopaka had at least one son. I didn't He's know inter- that. He's interested. Yeah, she had a son, didn't you know? No. In the episode um, The Collaborator, um, I think it was originally, I, I think that the old thing, obviously we know it was her in the end, but I think initially her son was a suspect as well, I think. Wow. I think. <laughs> um, it's interesting to note that the, cl- the, the clothes of the Kai were very similar to traditional garments of the Dodge of Venice. Kaiwin's cap was similar to the traditional cap of the Dodge, and her garments were almost identical to Dodge Leonardo uh, Laudan, as painted by Bellini. That's the thing. Yeah. Um, Safe to say I didn't make that high of importance, but yeah. No, I'll just find that bit. I think it's interesting, as you say, the whole um, whole thing of, you know, you're allowed to be kind first minister, but they kind of discouraged it. It makes you think, well, what, what exactly happened to make them discourage that notion? Then? Was it they had too much power or something like that? I That's usually a written rule when some bad person's got in there and has managed to get both and this caused absolute havoc. Mm. Which may explain actually where the whole... Oh, what does it say? Um... Mm, I can't imagine anyone going in and causing havoc as both First Minister and Kai. Mm, can't think of a single person that did that in DS9. No, but it may explain the term um, First Republic and Second Republic. You I think have was... an inkling. I think that may be where it comes from. You had a change that had happened and then they needed to change things. So, But obviously it wasn't serious enough for them to forbid it then. I mean, it must have had an impact, but they just, they'd only discouraged it. It must mean that. I think it's one of those things that. One of those exceptions that beats the rule. Mm. Unless it's a hugely exceptional person, short, they can do both. If not, if they're a little bit crap, you're only doing that one job. It's that whole attitude. It's kind of. If they are that brilliant, go on then. Knock yourself out, do both. Well, well, if if they have a screening process for that kind of thing, then obviously it failed miserably with Wynn, so that obviously it didn't work. 
But there we go. Um, no, but I wonder with that is whether the Vedic Assembly thought that having an emissary around um, counteracted her effects. But Possibly. obviously that didn't kind of yeah. work. Maybe. Because he got um, distracted because of the Dominion War mm. and wasn't around. So Kaiwin just went off and did whatever the hell she wanted to do because Cisco wasn't around. He was preoccupied trying to stop Dominion taking over. And obviously you had the whole thing with, obviously, um, the par race and everything else, didn't you? Kaiwin... Well, yeah, that's the other end in the room. Just kind of, she wasn't actually follow the prophets, which is the other reason where it's just like, yeah, this couldn't be more if you, if you, if you tried. Mm. So, yeah, it's... But how would you know? Again, that's an internal conflict. So how would you know? Mm. She didn't even know until, what, ten minutes before she died. <laughs> like, you know, early, what, <laughs> early season seven, end of six? I can't quite remember when it is, but it's very, very late where the kind of where the penny drops and she goes, oh yeah, that makes more sense. I never quite put two and two together. That makes more sense. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm a Poirot follower. I think it was near the end of seven because where she they hooked up with the cut, didn't she? Although she didn't know it was him at first. But mm, yeah. Um, did you want to talk a little bit about uh, Kyle Packer? Yeah, if you want to. Well, I was going to say because before we started, you kind of said there was a, there was kind of. Oh, what, the different way that they had two different attitudes, the two different yeah. characters to them, like, so the way that she controlled it all was all very peaceful and kind of, oh, there you go, yeah, uh, who protected her people as best as she could, became revered, um, with the conclusion of the Kardashian withdrawal in 2369, it was affected Kyrian that so you saying that name I was expected that Opaka was the only one who could unite the Bajorans yet she remained isolated arrival of Ben Cisco um the emissary and Opaka's disappearance the same year discovery inc- uh, decreased influence of the Kai on Bajoran life so that's what happened when Cisco turns up but I think that she must have been a very neutral yeah, Kai yeah. Yeah, you've got to think. I mean, I know her and Cisco didn't have that much interaction, but you've got to think, if they had, they they probably would have worked relatively well together. Unlike, I said, Wynn and Cisco. Yeah, and you've got to think, Kai Packer's, um, I said, disappearance, said, having to stay on that prison planet, had a huge impact on Bajor. Massive it, impact. It is built on in STO if you are interested. Oh, is it? You do actually save her. It's a bit of a spoiler, but you do go back and save her and find that she's um, healed another planet. Yeah, um, well, I think. Again, again, it's not considered canon, but I think I've mentioned before, in one of the DS9 books, she actually does come back. She actually gets... I think Jake runs into her. Jake goes to, to cut it... To, just to quick, quick summarise... Jake finds a, pro- a, a, um, a prophecy about the emissary's son. He goes off into the wormhole to try and find his dad. He gets lost and he ends up meeting Akio Pucker, who actually comes off that planet. She start found a way to the two the two um, 
different people, uh, uh, factions who are fighting. She finds a way for them to make peace, and I can't remember how, but she's able to leave and she comes back. Um, I just found something in the Kai notes and background information, one of the last paragraphs. It should be noted that the true nature of the role of Kai was somewhat uncertain. The only characters have the title were Apaka and Wynn. And while the former Wynn's isolation during the occupation, the latter, as mentioned above, took the opposite direction and used her role to gain an increased level of power. We therefore have no experience with a normal Kai, and any assumptions about the nature of the role may be based on skewed information. Ah. So, that really muddles things even further, doesn't it, really? So you could have an absent leader. So then you're left... Because I, I think, effectively, what I've just realised is you have two things, and you, effectively, the Kai has to make a decision. So if they, if you have a split decision between the Venice Assembly and the Council of Ministers, the Kai is effectively a deciding vote. They have to go, okay, I'm with those people or I'm with those people to make the final decision on where the, the, the planet's going. But if they're absent, what do you do? Well, then surely, surely the Council of Ministers will make that decision then. Because you, so, you, need, you, need, you need someone in the government, someone with some authority to make that decision. I mean, um, yes. Again, my whole thing of the first four years of DS9 nothing really happened because they were, as I've said in my notes throughout governmental state um stalemate mm. when nothing got decided and it's I think maybe for that reason maybe you got Kai Kai Win just going I've got too much power and control I'm just going to cause absolute havoc oh sorry what you were wondering about how are we going to feed everyone oh let, let them get on with it okay um great so, it's, yeah, it's all very interesting. What were you thinking, Jerry? Um, I was going to say, is there anything more you wanted to say about the government, or do you want to move on to the religious more the religious side of things? Uh, coming out to you, Jamie. Again, we're both winging it, so I'm just trying to... If you want to. Yeah, I'll, I'll just... I'll just if, I mean, if there's anything else that you've, 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 you think you want to discuss about the government, I think we've covered the government pretty well, haven't we? Unless there's something else in the notes that you've noticed. Um, well, what about the cause what about the visual resistance notes? Because there's a couple of pages of this. Did you? Should we? But doesn't that basically just kind of cover what we've kind of done in the other one, wasn't it? Yeah. Kind of. It doesn't really mention about the political side of things. It's just more about the occupation. So I don't really think we need to go go near those notes. Because I think we'll just be retreading over old ground with that. Um, is anything coming out to your side with the government side of things? No. Now, should we move on to the religious side? If you want to. Yeah? Uh, okay, right. So, um, I'm going to read from the Bajoran religion notes. Um... So that's an explanation is necessary. So that's that's what Kira says in twenty three seventy two in the episode Ascension. Can you reread that? I didn't hear any of that. Oh, sorry, mate. Um, that's the thing. This is from the Bajoran religion notes. That's the thing about faith. If you don't have it, you can't understand it. If you do, no explanation is necessary. 
and uh, Kira says that in 2372 in the episode a, a, se- a Session. Did you hear that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Bajoran religion was centred around the prophets. The Bajoran name for the aliens resided inside the Bajoran wormhole, which the Bajorans believed was the celestial temple. Bajorans thought of these aliens as gods and often prayed to them for guidance. They also believed that everything happened for a reason and that starships were guided by the hand of the prophets while passing through the wormhole. The word of the prophets guided Bajor for tens of thousands of years, and over the years, ten orbs, or tears of the prophets, had emerged from the wormhole. Obviously, the spiritual leader of Bajor is called the Kai. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, you've got... I think it's kind of interesting to kind of how DS9 kind of explores the kind of religious side of the, of the Bajorans, because you think of kind of past Trek series. It's not to say religion was disrespected or anything like that, but it was it, it was never really... No, it was, it was never a factor, because no. Gene Roddenberry didn't want it, so... No. That's why. And just to FYI, Jamie, I'm not really reading the first bit of notes for this page. I've gone straight to the background information. I think, thankfully, everyone knows what the... Yeah, I just thought I'd just give it, you know, just a bit of background, because why not? Um... But yeah, I mean that's true. It's true. But you know, I think it's. I just quite like that that they, they did, and the religion is seen as just as as important and influential as science is in Star Trek, which I really quite like. Um, I mean, a good example of that would be your one of your favorite episodes, Destiny, isn't it? Yeah. You know, kind of the you know Cisco's like, well, it's just a, it's just a prophecy. It doesn't mean anything. It's like I believe in, you know. You know, facts and science, and it's like, well, actually, at the end, it's like, well, actually, everything came true, not in the way you think, but the prophecy came true. So, well, the first bit of notes says Michael Williams was happy Bajoran religion was established on DS9. I think the idea of the prophets, the prophecies, and orbs takes Star Trek into a met into the metaphysical world for the first time. You commented, I think that this is something that Gene Roddenberry would have loved. Had he'd lived, lived to see it, we had a very, very good time exploring that. I think that we were one of the very first few shows that ventured in spiritual, religious areas. Um, if if I remember correctly, I think I'm not, I think it might be one of the other set of notes, but I think actually Gene approved of it before. I think they said that. Yeah. he approved of it before he passed. He actually. Yeah, I think it. I saw that as well. I think that works because it was an alien species rather than it being humanity. Yeah, he said it didn't go against genes. I think because it's secular humanism, whatever he called it. Yeah, it sounds about right. Um, it doesn't go against his ideals. It, it's just exploring a different aspect. Of, again, Gene would never, have, you know, but that's not for humanity. That's for the Bajorans. It's, it's different. If it was humanity, then yeah, it, it probably it is. I said, or said, going against his ideals, but it is kind of as you say. It's, it's for something that he wouldn't have approved of. But because it's an alien species, you can get around that problem. Do you want me to finish reading this off? Go for it, sir. Yeah, carry on, yeah. But of course, as long as time has existed, stories about spiritual pursuits, Bible stories have been great storytelling, and it gave us a great, gave us some great themes to explore. Even though the Bajoran religion was a contrast to Rottenberry's beliefs, as he was an atheist, secular humanist. <laughs> well on, Jamie. Thank you. Um, <laughs> not only expected Rottenberry wouldn't be opposed to the invention of Bajoran religion. He also noted he's still with us mentally as we think about these conceptual issues. 
Mm. Um, Iron. Uh, can I continue reading? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Iron Stephen Burr appreciated how Bajoran religion was depicted as unusual compared to the majority of the Federation. Um, so, obviously, um, in DS9 Season 1 installment, The Storyteller, Bajoran spirituality was further explored in the finale, hands, in the hands of the prophets. I think it enables us as a, as a specific TV series to explore the Bajoran, Bajoran spiritual life, which we haven't done much of. Regarding how Bajoran religion was developed in the hands of the prophets, Pillar said, you start to deal with religion in school, school prayer, the scopes, monkey trial, and the fundament- and fundamentalism, and it's very thought-provoking. Bear expected the Bajoran religion could be written as clashing with the scientific federation outlook in subsequent episodes for quite some time. Um... And as you know, as we know, the DS um, indeed the DS9 writing staff intend to explore the religious aspects of Bajoran culture more in the show's second season. We've already mentioned about you know um, the whole thing that like, the intellectual and philosophical subject matters in Bajoran religion were generally not embraced by readers of DS9 because um, we kind of mentioned that with the, the whole Bajoran thing overall, didn't we? Yeah. Um, so we don't need to. Read go more go back into that but everything changed by about season 5 if you go on to towards the end of these notes show me it does say um, much to the surprise of Iron Stephen Burr Bajoran religious aspects of DS9 season 5 out in Raptor proved popular with fans they really seem to take to this to the spirituality of the faith Burr related there's such a lack of faith in today's society. We're, we're all so desperate to find something to believe in. This is the episode that made me realise just what we are creating in terms of the Bajoran faith and the emissary. I knew that it was going to become a more and more important part of the show and that a part of the audience was going to love it. Um, that may be the watershed moment I was talking about in the last one. Yeah, uh, yeah no, I, I, you know, I, think, I think for me, I mean, thinking back to, to Deep, Deep Space Nine, I think... I think the episode that kind of was the turning point for me in terms of the more... I think for you, I, I don't know where it would be. Probably would, you probably, would you say probably Destiny? Possibly, but I'd have to look at episode yeah. list. But uh, possibly. I think for uh, Because, me, again, I think because of me, that's a predestination paradox. Yeah, because you've, you've got that whole bizarre religious spirituality, but you've got a bit of, said, bit of you said, um, predestination paradox in there. I think for me, from what I can recall... I mean, that's not to say I, I disliked, you know, the Bajoran stories or the religious stuff before then, but I think for me, the, the Watershed Moment was probably season four, a session. I think for me, that was a very big, um, very big moment. And actually, I think really, as part of Cisco's journey, I think that that was when he kind of, I think he finally started to accept who he, his role, and he, or he knew he had to, or he wanted to as well. Because before I said, you know, because... You think in that episode he gave it up very easily at the start to that uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but that that other guy, uh, that other Bajoran, and then kind of as you say, it, it become more important to him after that. Um, so I think for me that was I think season four that episode session I think that was probably my watershed moment I think really. Um, do you want me to read the rest of it? If you want to. Um, by having a member of the cult of the pirate race stab Cisco an image in the sand, the DS9 staff intend to say something about Bajor religion in general. Expl- uh, explained Ira Burr, we wanted to show that, like war, religion can be a dangerous thing. 
which spent six years portraying the Bajoran religion, celebrating a way and establishing a saint greater than technology, and that's good. But faith can be subverted very easily. Um, when actress Louise Fletcher agreed, the definition of their religion was handed down by mortals to the Bajorans. In the hands of a ruthless leader, the will or words of the prophets can be perverted or twisted. The people don't have a Bible. There's no written word. Everything is high tech. So, I this said is that obviously... earlier. Huh? I said that earlier as well. Oh, did you? That, that, you know, if you've got someone in that position, you kind of, you know... They can twist they things. Can, they yeah. can do what the hell they got their own like. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think what's interesting is DS9 shows both aspects. What, what I really like about DS9 is it shows both aspects. It shows that religion can be a positive and negative thing. It's not so much... It's the, well, it's not really so much religion itself. It's it's the people interpreting it in a certain way and how they can set subvert it for their own ends, as we know with what Wynn constantly did throughout the whole series. Um, but then again, that leads us... I think that actually leads us quite nicely onto the Pyrrhus, because obviously you had the creation of the Pyrrhus, was it season five? Something like that. Yeah, so, you know, obviously they were in opposition to the prophets, and, um, you know, as as I mentioned, I think in the, briefly in the Bajoran, Bajoran supplemental that we recorded a couple of months back, you know, some Bajorans felt that the um, prophets had abandoned them during the occupation. You know, it's like, I think, I, I can't remember who said it or what it was, but I think I've, it's like a lot of the lines of, you know, well, you know, what kind of God allows their people to suffer for, for that amount of time, you know, and not do anything, you know. And I can't remember if that was mentioned in an episode or someone said it or something like that. I, I'm not quite sure. Do you, do you recall that, Si? Um, not that I know of. Not that I know of. I, I think it's so, so along the lines of, you know, that's probably what the Bajor, some Bajorans would think. Well, you know, 40 years of occupation our gods, you know, they're meant to watch over us and protect us, and well, where are they? They're not, well, nothing's happening. No one's inter- they're not intervening, they're not doing anything, in their minds, I mean. Um, so, yeah, that's why you have the creation. I think the Pyros, I think it's, it's quite interesting. I mean, the whole religious war aspect of it. What are your thoughts on the Pyros? Did you, did you like the development of that side? Well, you need good versus evil. Um, mm. It is a bit weird that they end up in the fire caves. I, I'm not, I was never quite sure that was the greatest place for them. Like You've got the prophets in the celestial temple and then you've got them in some fire caves. It's a bit kind of... Oh. Um, um, the, the, the fire caves, they were quite deep within Bajor's underground, weren't they? Is that correct? They're quite deep underground. Yeah, they're in one of the mountain ranges, aren't they? I yeah, think. I, I, I think that's a good analogy. If you think about it, celestial temple high above. Well, I suppose it's it's heaven, heaven, heaven and hell, hell, isn't it? It's that yeah. hell, yeah. So I think it's quite a good uh, analogy, actually. Um, but no, I mean, <clears throat> I, as you say, you need something like that. I mean, yes, the, the part of race through just was it season five. I think it was. I, I couldn't tell you, Jeremy. I really couldn't. Me. I think the very first time... Oh, God. Pardon me. Um, was I think it was the assignment. I think it was the one where Keiko's possessed by a Parwraith. I think that's... They might have been name-dropped before. I'm not quite sure. But that's the first I remember hearing about it. That's, um, that's at least when the notes start. But, yeah, probably. Yeah. 
Yeah, so obviously we know who the Pyrrhus were. They said they did reside once in the Celestial Temple on the Prophets. For reasons unknown, they were banished to the fire caves in Bajor. According to ancient Bajoran texts, they were false prophets. The name Costamogen was sometimes used to refer to them. Um, they took the form of fire spirits from which they got their name. Other than that, they were virtually identical to the prophets. Um, one thing I found quite interesting here in the background information was the... Oh, yeah. According to the script for the assignment, their name was pronounced as par Rafe, so P-A-R-A-Y-T-H. Um, the Pyrrhus were originally conceived during the writing of the first season episode in Nagus. In that episode, Cisco and Jake are supposed to visit the Firecaves and Bajor, and there was a line in the original teleplay where Cisco is told Jugman to watch out for the Pug Rafes. Yeah, I think, I think, that's, I think there's like a G in between the A and H. Well, that, again, later that. So, the Pug Wraiths were Robert Hewitt's wolf's idea and were supposedly little goblin creatures that lived in the fireclays. This line was omitted from later drafts. While developing the assignment, Rene Echeverria was trying to come up with a concept that would tie into the deep space time mythology. He didn't want the being who possessed Coco to be sim simply some random entity, but rather something that would fit into the overall theme scheme of the show. Unaware of Wolf's original idea, he suggested that perhaps the aliens in the wormhole weren't all good and they were in fact some evil members of the race. Wolf then proposed a revival of this Pyrrhus concept. Um, yeah, so um, the script consistently used the spell Pyrrhus. However, Wolf, ma Wolf maintains that Par is a misspelling from my point of view. Ronald Dean Moore also commented that he believes that P-A-G-H Par was the correct spelling. So, obviously... Um, there's a bit of bone of contention of exactly how it's spelled. Um, according to Rene Echevia in DS9 Companion, the Costa Mojan was not referred to as an individual. The term was always referred to using the article the, as in the Costa Mojan. Thus, it may not be the proper name of an individual rather than the name of an object or the title of a group. In the first draft of The Changing Face of Evil, Ducat speculated how the Pyrrhus would judge the Pesoran archivist, remarking, Science tells me that when the restoration occurs, the Pyrrhus are going to find these librarians unworthy. So, yeah, it's, it's very interesting, kind of, how, um, how the kind of concept came around. Like, they were originally referred to back in season one. Obviously, I know that was omitted, but it's really quite a cool thing really kind of bring it back something from an earlier season and like I like the fact that Keiko is not just a random entity I think if it had been something like TOS or probably TNG it probably, probably would have been just an alien of the week kind of concept but I like the fact that they that, that, there's nothing wrong with that it's absolutely fine um, but I like the fact they something like that fits into overall a big important part of the show as well yeah, that's, yeah, that definitely makes sense. And I just realised the re how reason I've been thrown off is because I'm looking at my notes and for the first, like, one of the few odd times, oh. that last bit in notes, I don't have it. Oh, you, you know don't? Bit we, yeah, I, for some reason I printed two of the three pages. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> so it, it, it just stops at the, where it says the name of the object or the title of the group. So I was going, oh. where are you reading this from? And I just don't have it. So it's like, oh, bless ah. you. So That's yeah, that, that that was a bit of a misstep when I printed them out ages ago. It's fine. <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, you got to you got to think though. What what I mean, what prompted the the, the prophets to, to to kind of expel the pirates from the wormhole? I I think it's another Vulcan Romulan situation, Mm. where it's oh you're bad we don't like you off you pop. It's one of those. It was just sort of we don't like you. You don't stand for what we believe in. Mm. It became resentment. It's got you got to think that at some point that they must have coexisted peacefully, though surely. Oh god, yeah, but they would have. They would have been. They're a splinter group. Where there must have been a kind of thing of, oh God, Jim, we don't like Jim. I, we don't like what what they said to you. Why don't we go off and make our own thing? Why don't we go and? But maybe they were always meant to. Maybe that was a element of them. Again, it's. I always think with prophets and priests, whether there's a certain degree of because the because the, they had the book of the Costumotion. And there was the like the tablet, like the orb of the, the prophet and stuff like that. Mm. So were they always like that? Was it always destined to be like that? So two different two different ways of kind of following religion or or living or living life a certain way. Well, you got to bear in mind they live outside of the um, space time continuum. Mm. So it's a bit. It's I think. I remember I said this before, but it's like chicken and egg scenario. Mm. You kind of... It's, uh, yeah, it's a bit confusing, but I think... Yeah, because it does say in the notes, once resided in the Celestial Temple, but they were banished. So, yeah, they might have had a different way of looking at things or... Well, you know, I think there's also something in the term false prophets. Mm. That wouldn't have come about without reasons mm. so they must have done something I reckon one of them must have done something and then the other the, the actual prophets went yeah okay let's fit your first strike okay Jan's just done another thing let's strike two another one and you're out something like that I reckon that would have been but though again those stories would have spread I think and they would have, yeah. That's the weird thing. They would have produced the costumogen. Oh, well, then you got the whole kind of thing about obviously Ducat becoming <laughs> the emissary to the power race, which is just. I mean, because I, I remember, I, 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 I'm not sure if it's in these notes. It might actually oddly enough be in our part one notes, our supplemental part one notes. Um, that I think when the idea was um, first. Um, you know, put forward. I think I was Steven's first said that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And I think I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I think I think the writer, I think it might have been Rene Iucheva, maybe you pronounce their name. I think they explained it, they explained it away with again. I, I'm just going back to those flipping notes, but to find. But he explained it in such a way, and it's like, well, actually, that actually works. It actually makes sense. I can't remember exactly what it was, but. Um, but I just, just yeah, I just thought that was a really, really clever, clever twist. Just the cut is just like, kind of, uh, yeah. <laughs> but this it could be interesting because, um, oh, you've yes, you already said it. Okay, right, I'll shut up then. Because it's, it's the whole thing of they drinking. were, you know, they were conceived of in the first season. So that is very interesting. 
but it, it, it said it, it harkens back to what, and not just DS9, other Trek series have done this as well, but what DS9 does particularly well is how much it sets up. I mean, I know it was omitted, obviously, but how it I, sets up. I think they should have put something in there. Would have been nice. I yeah. think they left it too late. Mm, maybe if they'd, even if it was just, kind of like they, what they did with the Dominion, they were referenced a few times before you actually saw them. If they just had even one or two references to the pile of rapes, I think it would have been intriguing. It could be, you know, it could be something along the lines of, you know, I don't know, you, you come across something in a Bajoran text that, that someone, one of the characters has written, they mentioned it to Kira, and she goes, oh no, we don't talk about that, we're not meant to talk about that. It could be something like that, maybe. Oh, I came across this name, Parraith. What does that mean? Uh, yeah, Kira could be like, oh no, we don't talk about that, or we're not allowed to talk about that. It could be one of those things. If it was just something like that, because that, your mind goes, you know, you watch it, you think, well, what's that about? And then you bring it up later, it's like, and your mind will go, Ah, now we know why Kira was so adamant to discuss it, or wasn't allowed to. So, yeah, I, I agree with you, Si. I think having a reference or two probably would would have made things a bit better, I think. I've gone to the profit notes, but I feel like profits and pyros are kind of interrelated. They are. So, yeah. as, as to the lack of frequency of their appearances, which you talk about the profits, but I think by... Influence, you can also say parades. Ronald E. Moore commented the wormhole aliens slash prophets, and I'll let my add on slash parades, have to be sparingly or they'll become too pedestrian. Yeah. So I agreed. think that's part kind of why. Yeah, understandable. I mean, because I think. But again, I, I just don't think you drop something in the fifth season and go, oh, by the way, this was a thing the whole time. It's like. Yeah. That's just too late for me. Especially if you're going to make it such a big part of the show going forward, which it was... I think there should have been a minor plot. I actually, if you think, I think would have been interesting. Although I don't know how it would work if you'd changed. I think it's profit motive. If you'd changed that slightly, where you make it, I don't know. Again, I don't know how it would work, but you have it so that. Zex taken over by a par maybe. I think that would have been a bit of an interesting turn. Because no one's really that bothered about that episode anyhow. So you could quite easily rewrite that. Yeah. Change it. Have it with the par And you'd have their um, reference. You'd actually go, okay, right, these are these are these people in your business. Yeah, I'm not quite sure about possessing sex. Because obviously that happened to Keiko. And I think that would be yeah. retreading over a Yeah, round. I just... But- Sorry. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I just had the same thought. It's like, hey, actually, yeah, that's but, doing it twice over. But but having something in an episode like that, even because I think in Prophet Mike, but I think it was, my like, only problem is how else do you do it? I know. Mm. Without but, them taking someone over. But you need to be. You, you need. I think we could both agree. You needed a reference to them, or if if not a, a subplot, at least a re- couple of references or a reference there. You needed something earlier on. And, you know, overall, it doesn't really bother me. It's like, eh, it's a minor thing, but... I think you need a book where they read it out. And you know one of those cases where, like, lights flicker? You need something like that. You need just a cue where it's just like... Oh, like, um... Oh, what's his name? Um, Be- like, Beetlejuice. It's that whole thing. Where it's just like, you know... A book of parades and the lights dim and kind of the power fluctuates. You need that whole thing where it's just kind of okay. 
you know, it's a cue to the audience where it's like something subtle where you already know that they're not good. I think I think they they just needed something early on just to. Well, I think I think yeah. Someone, I mean, it, or even the comment I made about Kira, you know, they, someone comes across the name. If you go and oh, we don't talk about it, we're not allowed to, then that kind of infers that something's not quite right. So, hang on, what's going on there? Doesn't sound very good, whatever it is. So yeah, just something like that, I think, would have just helped a bit. But it, it's a minor thing, and <coughs> sorry, and I can. But agreed, it would have been good, I think, if they'd referenced them or introduced them maybe a couple of seasons earlier. I think it would have probably been better. Is there anything else you want to mention about the Pyro Sire or anything? No. No? Anything else you want to mention just generally about the government or the religious side of things? Where are you going to go next? Uh, I didn't really have a plan, to be honest. Um... But we don't we have a plan overall with where we're going to go with this. Um, do you think we've covered enough with what we've got? Because I mean, I mean, we, we I mean, we could mention like some of the events and stuff, and but, but again, people, people said people listening know about the events and all that kind of stuff, isn't it? I uh, would maybe read the bit about the background information for the prophets. Um, oh, that's brilliant. I'm literally just on that bit, yeah. Do you want me to read some of that? Yeah. Yeah? Or do you want me to read all of it? Um, see how you feel. Okay. Um, the existence of the prophets and Cisco's role as their emissary constituted uh, Star Trek's first venture into the realm of religion, a move that was somewhat controversial among mainstream Trek fans. As DS9 went on and the prophets learned more of linear time and the nature of the corporeal events going on around them, they became increasingly involved in corporeal existence, especially as it concerned the Cisco. Uh, in the pilot emissary, for example, the prophets appeared unconcerned and unfamiliar with corporeal existence. They were not encountered again for the duration of the first or second seasons before finally reappearing in the first season, ep- season episode, as you mentioned earlier, Prophet Motive. Uh, they went on to appear once in season four in a session, a session and once in season five in Rapture, sending a, a, a Karem uh, Lan into the future for the Cisco in a session was their first major involvement in corporeal matters, an involvement which perhaps peaked in the sixth season episode, Sacrifice of Angels, where they destroyed an entire fleet of Dominion ships. They went on to play a crucial role throughout, the season, throughout season seven, especially in the series finale, What You Leave Behind. You've got to think as well, they warned uh, Cisco not to marry Cassidy, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and obviously the whole thing surrounding um, Cisco's mum, Cisco's mother as well, wasn't it? Was that early seven? Yeah. Um, of the controversy surrounding the prophets and Bourgeois religion among fans of Star Trek who felt the show should stay away from religion, Michael Pillar, speaking in 2002, stated the prophets and the and the prophecies and the orbs take Star Trek into the meta- metaphysical world for the first time. I think we kind of covered this with what we were saying earlier. Um, I think Gene would have loved to have seen this. Uh, we're not changing the rules of the Star Trek universe. We're simply exploring the rules of another alien race. So, kind of, again, Reggie to kind of what, what kind of we were touching upon earlier. Um, and we're seeing how we as humans in the 24th century might react to that, how we might learn from that. 
Um, and I think that was one of the things which Roddenberry loved about the new Star Trek, that instead of going out and teaching people, as I think the original Trek crew did, this was really an era in which humanity was out to learn, and I think that was the key to DS9. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's... Um, I think we kind of covered that a bit earlier, but yeah. So, yeah, I mean... It's just very interesting, even kind of even looking at the side of the prophets, how much influence they had in that season. So getting involved in, in their in their terms, corporeal affairs, wasn't it? As you said, very early seasons, they didn't do much or seem interested at all. And it's not until kind of as the seasons went, and they kind of started intervening a bit, didn't they? Yeah. Which I thought was interesting. Yeah. So, um, anything else you wanna read out or anything or touch upon? Um, the producers again explored Bajoran religious and spiritual issues in Ascension, and in some of DS9's fourth season, every once in a while we've got to revisit that Bajoran religion and make sure that everyone knows we still care. There's an episode for that purpose recalled Robert Harold Wolf. Mm. I just thought that was an interesting thing. It's like, oh yeah, we haven't forgotten. We know you, you yeah. guys love it. Like, Yeah, it's and, it's and it's been consistent with storytelling and world building. It's like, you know, it's like because obviously you've got to think DS9 is it's not it's, it's still episodic in parts but it's an overarching story and you know you've got to follow up on things um, and if you're going to make the world you're writing about seem realistic then you well you need to do follow ups otherwise it's not going to work so yeah I agree I think it's good to said that they, they, they kept things consistent like that so and I said even though at least in the early seasons fans didn't seem to be particularly interested I'm glad they still kept writing them anyway, because you know why not? So, yeah. Um, is that everything we wanted to say? I think so, Matt. I, I don't. I think we've done a good spattering of covering both the government and the religious side. I don't think there's anything else we could really say. I mean, I know we've not read every part of these these notes out, but the, again, it's. it's that's not the purpose of these kind of episodes. Um, One thing that I was interested in, it's a very small, minor thing, and probably everyone knows it, but the main currency unit on Bajor was the Lita? L-I-T-A, which I oh, didn't know. I don't think I knew that myself. Yeah, it's just something I saw earlier and just thought, that's, that's interesting, I didn't know that. Just It never really gets said on, on screen. As you say, you know, they... With certain aspects of the different societies, they don't go into much. Things like the economy, or whatever. obviously the Ferengi, that was different because their whole kind of culture is based on the economy and profit. Um, you know, you don't really hear things about it. things like, like music or food or, as you say, currency. So I just, I don't mind you brought that up. It's like, why not? It's a nice, interesting bit of trivia. Now, Jamie, do we need another part for this one, or do you think we're good? I think we're good. I don't know about you, but I think we've covered as much as we could possibly cover. Because I think this is going on for about an hour and a half, isn't it, I think? Mm. I think we've... Do you agree with that? you think we've covered what we can? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So... I, I think because we're a bit bemused, because I think this isn't how I planned it, really. No, we... we we, we kind of envisioned, guys, I think at one part, I think we said there'd be like four or five parts, wasn't it, or something, like, something crazy like that. And it's like, 
well, actually, we've done this, well, it technically in three parts. We've done part one, part two, with a bit of a supplemental. So, yeah, I think we've finished Bajorans by the sound of it, which is amazing. Like I said, I, you know, we could sit here and read out every bit of the notes, but it would just be tedious. And it's, and it just, it, you know, I said the whole point of doing this thing is to sit, to read that some of the notes to support what we're saying, but just to speculate and theorise and do a bit of analysis. Um, and yeah, so I said, and obviously you know these notes are available for you guys if you want to have a delver, d- d- delver, a d- deeper delve <laughs> into what we've been talking about. Delver, I don't know where I tucked that up from. Um, deeper dive into what we've kind of been talked about then it said all the information's there on memory alpha isn't it yeah so yeah i guess we've finished with our bajoran bajoran um species episodes then i suppose haven't we yeah yeah <laughs> i didn't think that was gonna happen did we um yeah i i don't know what we'll move on to next i think i think did we, did we say the dominion or something so si? i think that's what's earmarked yeah, so I mean, we might do a, we might do something between maybe because I, I, I imagine the Dominion's going to be a lot of notes like the Bajoran, so I imagine. Um, so it depends on how we feel. We might do something between maybe I, I don't know. It depends on how we feel. Um, but yeah, so that's it, guys. We we said we hope you enjoyed our, our looks like will be our final part of our Bajoran species episodes. Um, and yeah, we'll we'll be back soon with a with another episode for you guys. Yeah, Eagle Mass again. Yay! Getting Clive on again. Yay! So yeah, I'm looking forward to that again. That's gonna be fun. I'm looking forward to. I said I'm looking forward to part two. It'll be, you know, I said I'm becoming a ship fan, so or ship geek or whatever the term you want to use, I suppose. <laughs> not not nowhere near the same level as as Cy or, or or Clive, but I'm. I'm still starting out my journey. I'm still walking. I'm not quite running yet. So, yeah. So that'll be good. But, yeah, we hope you enjoyed listening, guys. And, uh, yeah, take care. Bye. Bye.